Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning. It's January 30th. I'm your host, Bill, and this is our first Sunday where we are going to be bringing you manna for breakfast so we can do it seven days a week together. So thank you for joining us. Today we are in Genesis chapter 42 and 43. Father God, guide us and direct us. Thank you for our time together. And God, help us as well on this day to just worship you through the whole day. Feed us, God, our manna, but also God, give us just that sense of your presence throughout the day. Thank you for those of us that have the privilege to go and worship corporately. We pray for those that cannot, those that are in prison, those that do not have access, Father, or their health is preventing them. Father, bless them this day as well and help us, God, to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the fellowship through this medium, through the Internet, but also through our friends any believers that we can come together and worship you. So thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Chapter 42. Now Jacob saw that there was grain in Egypt, and Jacob said to his sons, Why are you staring at one another? He said, Behold, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us from that place, so that we may live and not die. Then ten brothers of Joseph went down to buy grain from Egypt. But Jacob did not send Joseph's brother Benjamin with his brothers, for he said, I am afraid that harm may befall him. So the sons of Israel came to buy grain among those who were coming, for the famine was in the land of Canaan also. Now Joseph was the ruler over the land. He was the one who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. When Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them. But he disguised himself to them and spoke to them harshly. And he said to them, Where have you come from? And they said, From the land of Canaan to buy food. But Joseph had recognized his brothers, although they did not recognize him. Joseph remembered the dreams which he had about them and said to them, Are you spies? Have you come to look at the undefended parts of our land? Then they said to him, No, no, my lord, but your servants have come to buy food. We are all sons of one man. We are honest men, your servants are not spies. Yet he said to them, No, but you have come to look at the undefended parts of our land. But they said, Your servants are twelve brothers in all, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. And behold, the youngest is with our father today, and one is no longer alive. Joseph said to them, It is as I said to you, you are spies. By this you will be tested. By the life of Pharaoh, you shall not go from this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one of you that he may get your brother while you remain confined, that your words may be tested, whether there is truth in you. But if not, by the life of Pharaoh, surely you are spies. 
So he put them all together in prison for three days. Now Joseph said to them on the third day, Do this and live, for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers be confined in your prison. But as for the rest of you, go carry grain for the famine of your households and bring your youngest brother to me so your words may be verified and you will not die. And they did so. Then they said to one another, Truly we are guilty concerning our brother because we saw the distress of his soul when he pleaded with us, yet we would not listen. Therefore this distress has come upon us. Reuben answered them saying, Did I not tell you, do not sin against the boy? And you would not listen. No, now comes the reckoning for his blood. They did not know, however, that Joseph understood. For there was an interpreter between them. He turned away from them and wept. And when he returned to them, he spoke to them. He took Simeon from them and bound him before their eyes. Then Joseph gave orders to fill their bags with grain and to restore every man's money to his sack and to give them provisions for the journey. And thus it was done for them. So they loaded their donkeys with their grain and departed from there. Verse 27. As one of them opened his sack to give his donkey fodder at the lodging place, he saw his money. And behold, it was in the mouth of his sack. Then he said to his brothers, My money has been returned, and behold, it is even in my sack. And their hearts sank. And they turned trembling one to another, saying, What is this that God has done to us? Simeon is held hostage. When they came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan, they told him all that had happened to them, saying, The man of the land spoke harshly with us and took us for spies from the country. But we said to him, We are honest men. We are not spies. We are twelve brothers, sons of our father. One is no longer alive, and the youngest is with our father today in the land of Canaan. The man, the Lord of the land, said to us, By this I will know that you are honest men. Leave one of your brothers with me and take grain for the famine of your households. And go, but bring your youngest brother to me, that I may know that you are not spies, but honest men. I will give your brother to you, and you may trade in the land. Now it came about, as they were emptying their sacks, that behold, every man's bundle of money was in his sack. And when they and their father saw the bundles of money, they were dismayed. Their father Jacob said to them, Have you bereaved me of my children? Joseph is no more, and Simeon is no more. And would you take Benjamin? All these things are against me. Then Reuben spoke to his father, saying, You may put my two sons to death if I do not bring him back to you. Put him in my care, and I will return him to you. But Jacob said, My son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead, and he alone is left. If harm should befall him on the journey you are taking, then you will bring my gray hair down to Sheol in sorrow. Chapter 43. Now the famine was severe in the land, and it came about when they had finished eating the grain which they had bought from Egypt, that their father said to them, Go back, buy us a little food. Judah spoke to him, however, saying, The man solemnly warned us, 
you shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. If you send our brother with us, we will go down and buy you food. But if you do not send him, we will not go down. For the man said to us, you will not see my face unless your brother is with you. Then Israel said, why did you treat me so badly by telling the man whether you still had another brother? But they said, the man questioned us particularly about us and our relatives, saying, is your father still alive? Have you another brother? So we answered his questions. Could we possibly know that he would say, bring your brother down? Judah said to his father Israel, send the lad with me and we will arise and go that we may live and not die. We as well as you and our little ones. I myself will be surety for him. You may hold me responsible for him if I do not bring him back to you and set him before you. Then let me bear the blame before you forever. For if we had not delayed, surely by now we could have returned twice. Then their father Israel said to them, If it must be so, then do this. Take some of the best products of the land in your bags and carry down to the man as a present a little balm, a little honey, aromatic gum and myrrh, pistachio nuts and almonds. Take double the money in your hand and take back in your hand the money that was returned in the mouth of the sacks. Perhaps it was a mistake. Take your brother also and arise, return to the man. And may God Almighty grant you compassion in the sight of the man so that he will release to you your other brother and Benjamin. And as for me, if I am bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. Verse 15. So the men took this present and they took double the money in their hand and Benjamin. So the men took this present and they took double the money in their hand and Benjamin then arose and went down to Egypt and stood before Joseph. Verse 16. When Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to his house steward, bring the men into my house and slay an animal and make ready for the men are to dine with me at noon. So the man did as Joseph said and brought the men to Joseph's house. Now the men were afraid because they were brought into Joseph's house and they said, is it because of the money that was returned in our sacks the first time that we are being brought in that he may seek occasion against us and fall upon us and take us for slaves with our donkeys? So they came near to Joseph's house steward and spoke to him at the entrance of the house and said, Oh, my Lord, we indeed came down the first time to buy food, and it came about when we came to the lodging place that we opened our sacks, and behold, each man's money was in the mouth of his sack, our money in full. So we have brought it back in our hand. We have also brought down other money in our hand to buy food, and we do not know who put our money in our sacks. And he said, Be at ease, do not be afraid. Your God and the God of your father has given you treasure in your sacks. I had your money. Then he brought Simeon out to them. Then the man brought the men into Joseph's house and gave them water, and they washed their feet, and he gave their donkeys fodder. So they prepared the present for Joseph's coming at noon, for they had heard that they were to eat a meal there. When Joseph came home, they brought into the house to him the present which was in their hand and bowed to the ground before him. 
Then he asked them about their welfare, and he said, Is your old father well, of whom you spoke? Is he still alive? They said, Your servant, our father, is well. As he lifted up his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, he said, Is this your youngest brother, of whom you spoke to me? And he said, May God be gracious to you, my son. Joseph hurried out and was deeply stirred over his brother, and he sought a place to weep, and he entered his chamber and wept there. Then he washed his face and came out, and he controlled himself and said, Serve the meal. So they served him by himself, and them by themselves, and the Egyptians who ate with him by themselves, because the Egyptians could not eat bread with the Hebrews, for that is loathsome to the Egyptians. Now they were seated before him, the firstborn according to his birthright, and the youngest according to his youth. And the men looked at one another in astonishment. He took portions to them from his own table, but Benjamin's portion was five times as much as any of theirs. So they feasted and drank freely with him. And we'll stop there for a minute and look at this amazing story. The brothers going down to Egypt and encountering Joseph. The whole thing was a setup by God for demonstration of his majesty and his power over the world, that he was actually going to bring a savior into the world that would save people from certain death. Joseph becomes this, this model who's going to be mistreated by the world, rejected by his own family, his own people, suffer greatly, but then bring about a great deliverance. So we have a lot of parallels between Joseph and Jesus. And Joseph here is heartbroken when he sees his brothers, but he understands they don't know who he is, and he sees an opportunity for a great object lesson. Now maybe, maybe there was just a little bit of the flesh there because he leaves them in prison for three days, all of them, and just to let him stew a little bit and probably made him feel a little better. I was in prison for years. See how you guys like it. And then, of course, they go back and allowed to go back. Joseph softens up, gives their food, gives them food, gives them money, gives them everything. But then they don't... <laughs> the dad, Jacob, doesn't want, to come, doesn't want them to go back. He doesn't want to bring Benjamin. It was not a good reflection on Jacob's priorities and the way he valued his sons. He valued... Benjamin, much more than he did Simeon. It's going to let Simeon rot to death, I guess. But anyway, they do go back, and here we see the completion of the prophecy, the completion of the dream. Their sheaves bowing down to his sheaf. They bow down to the ground in homage to Joseph. Amazing how accurate the prophecies are in the Bible, and Joseph remembered the dream. And now, can you imagine, after all these years, he's finally thinking, so that's why all of this suffering had happened. That's why I endured so much hardship. You were bringing all this to a head so I could save my people, my land. I could save countless millions of people from certain famine and death. Quite astounding. Well, let's move now into Matthew. Matthew chapter 12. 
At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples became hungry and began to pick the heads of grain and eat. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples do what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. But he said to them, Have you not read what David did when he became hungry, and he and his companions, how they entered the house of God, and they ate the consecrated bread, which is not lawful for him to eat, nor for those with him, but for the priests alone? Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests in the temple break the Sabbath and are innocent? But I say to you that something greater than the temple is here. But if you had known what this means, I desire compassion and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Departing from there, he went into the synagogue, and a man was there whose hand was withered. And they questioned Jesus, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him? And he said to them, What man is there among you who has a sheep, and if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will he not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable, then, is a man than a sheep? So then, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath? Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and it was restored normal like the other. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him as to how they might destroy him. But Jesus, aware of this, withdrew from there. Many followed him, and he healed them all. And he warned them not to tell who he was. This was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. Behold, my servant, whom I have chosen, my beloved, in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A battered reed he will not break off, and a smoldering wick he will not put out until he leads justice to victory. And in his name the Gentiles will hope. Verse 22. Then a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute was brought to Jesus, and he healed him, so that the mute man spoke and saw, and all the crowds were amazed and were saying, This man cannot be the son of David, can he? But when the Pharisees heard this, they said, This man casts out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. And knowing their thoughts, Jesus said to them, Any kingdom divided itself is laid waste, and any city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? If I, by Beelzebub, cast out demons, by whom do your sons cast them out? For this reason, they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can anyone enter the strong man's house and carry off his property unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house? Verse 30. He who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters. Therefore, I say to you, any sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven people, but blasphemy against the Spirit shall not be forgiven. Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, it shall not be forgiven him, either in this age or in the age to come. 
verse 33, either make the tree good and its fruit good or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. The good man brings out of his good treasure what is good, and the evil man brings out of his evil treasure what is evil. But I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an accounting for it in the day of judgment. But by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Then some of the scribes and the Pharisees said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. But he answered and said to them, An evil and adulterous generation craves for a sign, and yet no sign will be given to it but the sign of Jonah the prophet. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the sea monster, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. 41. The men of Nineveh will stand up with this generation at the judgment and will condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, something greater than Jonah is here. The queen of the south will rise up with this generation at the judgment and will condemn it because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Behold, something greater than Solomon is here. Now when the unclean spirit goes out of a man, it passes through the waterless places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds it unoccupied, swept and put in order. Then it goes and takes along with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself. And they go in and live there. And the last state of the man becomes worse than the first. That is the way it will also be with this evil generation. While he was still speaking to the crowds, behold, his mother and brothers were standing outside seeking to speak to him. Someone said to him, Behold, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak to you. But Jesus answered the one who was telling him and said, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand towards the disciples, he said, Behold, my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father who is in heaven, he is my brother and sister and mother. So much to talk about in these chapters with Jesus in his ministry confronting the Pharisees and then also ministering amongst the people. The takeaway for sure for the Pharisees was that he was trying to get them to realize that they were the ones that were operating with an evil spirit. They were the ones really more in league with Satan than they were accusing him of. And they were the ones that were going to be judged by their words. They did not realize that someone greater than Jonah had come, someone greater than Moses had come, someone greater than Solomon had come. He was the king of kings. He was the prophet of prophets. He was the Lord of lords. And, and he gives us this incredible prophecy about his death, burial, and resurrection. We get an understanding of the whole point of Jonah when he connects himself to Jonah being the belly of the great sea monster and says, I will be in the belly three days and three nights. What was the sign? Resurrection. Evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. He says, no sign will be given. No sign that would be given that they would, I guess, 
not be able to connect to Satan, Beelzebub. As Jews, they could, I guess, try and connect healings to Beelzebub. But resurrection? They recognized that Satan had no power to give life. That was something only God could do for the Jewish, for the rabbi, for the that mindset. And so that was the sign that he was going to give. He would die. He would be in the belly of the earth. He would rise up on the third day. And that is the only sign that matters. We delight in the healings. We take glory in the fact that he loved people enough that he touched them. The blind and the mute, that he could touch them and, and heal them completely. He does it on the Sabbath again, constantly, constantly showing these religious, ritualistic people that he is Lord over the Sabbath, that the Sabbath was made for man. And so we are supposed to take from that the re religious ritual services, which are so prevalent in so many churches, so many places, they themselves are not what we're supposed to bow down to, we're supposed to bow at the feet of Jesus. We're to have relationship, follow him on a daily basis. And too many people look to the service and the ritualistic and the priest and the robes and the incense and all of these things to somehow be the sacrificial offering that will make them better or right with God. And Jesus is saying, it's, it's none of that. Come to me as you are. Let me touch you. Let me heal you. What a beautiful, beautiful um, demonstration of his love for mankind when he healed that person because we are all lame, we are all blind, and we're all deaf spiritually. We are helpless unless the hand of the Savior comes and touches us. Well, that's it for this morning. Use the rest of today just to ponder these things, worship the Lord. I think on Sunday we'll just end it with the word, so as it should be as we shall continue to lift him, lift him up. And thank you guys for, for being a part of this as the community grows. And um, be in prayer for this program, but also for what's going on in your church. And be a part of your church, wherever you are going. Be serving there. Be active. And let the word of God strengthen you. And let it guide you in all that you do. So, Father God, thank you for this time we spend with you. We give it to you. We ask that, God, you would fill us to overflowing with your word, that it would flow out of us, God, into the lives of others. Touch those that are hurting. Use your word, God, for healing to bring people into right relationship with you and to bring them out of this idea of ritualism. So, God, we give the rest of this day to you and we serve you and we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. We will see you tomorrow at the same time. God bless you all. Bye-bye.